0: Amen. Well, good morning again, everyone. We're going to jump right into the word this morning. Javen. that was nice and short and sweet, so now I get an hour with y'all, so. <laughs> but today, I'm, I'm excited about what the Spirit of God is wanting to bring across. I was um, up late last night, and as my message got kind of changed on me a little bit, and I, I love when the Holy Spirit does that because He just helps navigate exactly where we're at because, again, I don't know what you may be facing or what you may be going through, but aren't you thankful that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us? And he knows all things. He's willing to show us things. He's here to guide us into all truth. So this morning, let's just make room for him in our our own hearts, but also as a congregation. we got to give him access, got to give him space so that he can move. Amen? So Father, we come before you today. In the name of Jesus, and we are so thankful that you have given us your very own spirit to live strong and mighty on the inside of us. And right now we get our focus and our attention off of ourselves, off of what may be going around in our lives that just seem to be distractions from you and who you are and what you want to do in our lives. And we give you again this morning full access into our hearts so that you could change the way we think to line up with heaven. Holy Spirit, we give you the glory. We give you all the praise and we thank you in advance for every life that is touched by your word. We thank you, Father, for healing. We thank you for divine utterance. We thank you for, uh, Lord, just a renewing of our mind as we sit in your presence this morning. Holy spirit, you have full access to us and we give you all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Now again, just a few things I want to, I keep hitting on some things because I don't want to just assume that we all get this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we have to keep on hearing some things. It's crucial for us because, again, once you think you've heard it, I've heard all this, I know it, then you stop growing in that area. Right? I don't think we've ever even touched the, the, uh, the inch off of John 3.16, For God so loved the world. There is so much depth to that verse that all of eternity is going to have to reveal and tell us the depth of the Father's love that he has towards this earth. Amen? Okay, so, again... When you heard these words, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you heard what three words? You're good this morning. How did y'all do? Oh, it's on the screen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Just making sure you're home now. So for the 19 that said it, the rest of y'all, you just got to read the screen. You're home now. And sometimes, you know, why do we why do we say things? Why do you get us, repeat this, say this, is because remember that our tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. How do I imprint things onto my heart, my subconscious mind, is by speaking it. That's how God works and operates. Therefore, that's how he created you and I in his image. So when you speak, you actually can tell yourself the way you're gonna think. You can tell yourself how it's gonna be. Your words are powerful. So you heard these words, you're home now. Shout it out, I'm home now. I'm home now. The greatest words that could fall on any ear when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I came. When I, when I got into this family, I want to be part of what this family is doing. I'm willing to give my life. When I encountered the love of God, the grace of God on that road, whatever road it looked like for you, you may have came from a, you know, a drug addict home, an alcoholic home. You may have come from an atheistic home type of road, what, regardless of the road, or maybe it could be a religious road. Whatever road you found yourself coming on, you were met the same way by our loving father. Arms extended open and he declared your home now. Lord, I'm not worthy. No, you're not worthy, but he made you worthy because he gave you his son. So now has he's embraced you. I don't know about you, but whatever road you came on, I'm willing to give my life to reveal and showcase to this world what the road actually looks like. Because again, remember, the world is painting a completely different picture of who our father is. The world declares God hates you. Sadly, a lot of religious folk are in that same category. God hates you, and he's mad at this world, and he's ready to, can't wait to destroy this thing. That is the wrong image of a loving father who embraced you. So I want to just remind you, never forget the embrace that you received when you first came to know Jesus. Whether it was in a living room, whether it was in an altar, whether it was on TV, wherever it was, never forget the place that God found you. That's crucial for you and I in these days, because again, you cannot reach a generation that you condemn. We will not look at this generation and go, oh, they're all going to hell in a handbasket. That will never come out of the lips from this platform. Do you hear me? Why? Because that is not what I met when I was in the mess that I was in, living and thinking the way that I wanted to think and live. God met me and I was totally overwhelmed with his grace. I don't think I've ever cried like that in my life. I was a mess. The ugly cry, but it was beautiful. Yeah. All right. So Ephesians chapter two. So family, are you willing to showcase this same love and kindness? Are you willing not just to show that? Are you willing now to take on the mindsets, the lifestyle, the behavior of what the home is like? So what does that require? A change of the way that I think. It's required. It's required. Can you say that with me? It's required. So your thinking, your behavior may need to change. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, I may need to change. And they say, no, wait a minute. You need to change. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's look at some of these verses here. This is Ephesians chapter 2. And it says this. And now, because we are united to Christ... We both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Now, notice you don't see anything in there that says, because of my good works, because I prayed 18 hours this past week, now I get access. No, because you are simply united to Christ Jesus, you have been given full access. Woo! Verse 19, so you are not foreigners... And you are not a guest. So stop thinking and acting like one. But rather, you are children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. And remember, God has no adults. He has children. Say it, I'm a child. child. The moment you think you're an adult, that's when things start getting a little bit harsh for you. Right? You think you got it. No, there's no such thing as an adult in the kingdom of God. You're all his children. Okay? Well, I've been a Christian for 50 years. Great. You're just a bigger child. Nothing's changing. You are rising. Now, notice this. You've been welcomed home. You've been given rights as citizens of heaven. Now, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up together together. ...upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building... ...who is the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Man, I'm I'm connected. I got connections. Like, I I got connections. They run deep. This is the best connection you could have. Right? Verse 21. This entire building... Who's in the building... Individually and corporately, this entire building is under construction. What does that mean? Have you arrived? <laughs> Do you know anybody that thinks they've arrived? Are you sitting beside somebody who thinks they've arrived? Just keep, keep your eyes up here. Don't look at me looking around. So none of us have arrived, correct? Okay, just so we're clear. And this, under the construction, and we are growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So like we said, you've experienced a spiritual rebirth. You are in covenant with almighty God, but it does not stop there. What's taking place now is that I'm under construction growing under his supervision because simply I am now become, I have become God's address. He's growing me up so that he could fully live and have total access in and through my life. You know, Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in, this, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Another translation of that actually says that I exist, but it's not me who exists. It's simply Jesus using my body as a second existence. How much access does he have to simply secondly exist again through you and I? That's a question that you have to answer, and that's the place that you have to give him access for. But that's what's taking place in here. And again, I'm just laying a foundation just to show what's all happening with this. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 4. What are we growing into is what we're going to answer right here. Now, God has appointed some with the grace to be apostles, grace to be prophets, some grace to be evangelists, pastors, and some grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Who? Okay. Verse 13. These grace ministries will function until we all... Now notice where we're going. We all attain oneness into the faith until we all... Notice, we all... We all experience the fullness of what it means to know Jesus... And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Okay, we're gonna keep reading here. Verse 14, and then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into the church. Oh, lead us deeper into who? Into him. The anointed one, of the anointed head of the body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. So what is the call of God for you and me individually is to be an expression of the kingdom of God wherever I go. But then at the same time, collectively as a body, we are to grow up together God is not interested in any member being left behind. It would be weird if the body, you know, we got fully developed arms, but we got legs that are like three quarters too small for itself. So we're like this shrunken looking thing here, and we're trying to just hobble along. So we need the whole body growing together. Yes, I have an individual relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. But that relationship with the Lord is not just for me. It's to bless the body. is to bless the body. To bless the body. Say that, to bless the body. What I have received. Some of y'all are just hospitality to another degree around here. You are just bang, bang, bang. You walk in you go, man, that's, a, I feel like home here. That's amazing. That's a gift. You may go, oh, that's just super simple. That's just, that's just what I do. It's a grace gift that God has given you. And who is it for? Is it for yourself so that you can make your house smell like pumpkin spice latte in October? No, it's to bless who? Goodbye. I want to smell pumpkin spice latte in October too. Anybody else want a good whiff of that? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And then there's some that are, there's music, then there's some that, I mean, you can read all these gifts in Romans chapter 12 where it talks about leadership, it talks about mercy, it talks about giving. All of these gifts, you have. You have something of one of these gifts in Romans chapter 12. Read it, Noah, find out about it. But what is it for? Oh, it's just just my, it's my gift. No. Yeah, God has given it to you to steward. And then guess what? At the end of it, how you steward it, it's how you're going to be rewarded when you come face to face with Jesus. That's right. What God has given me, I am anointed to preach the word of God so people get it. I own that. That's mine. God gave it to me. But what is it for? Is it for me to kind of go, look how good I can do that, man. You're welcome. Are you kidding me? I'd be so far off this platform, it wouldn't even be funny. What is it for? It's for the body. That's the gift that God gave me. I have to stay in my lane and I have to do what God has asked me to do. Oh, you should be doing this. You're not God. I've had how many times I've heard that. Well, you really should be, shut up. You don't know, I have to follow what God says because if God hasn't told me, I'm not able to do it. And if I try, I'm doing it out of my own self. I'll be frustrated and burnout is right around the corner. So it's the same for you. So you can't just say, well, I'm just sitting down. I'm just holding out until, you know, I really feel led. That is garbage also. Sometimes by the time you wait to be led on something, it could be another 15, 20 years for the perfect moment. No, it's time that I'm just deepening my yes now and saying, Lord, I'm all in. I don't want to hold back what you've called me to do. God would never say sit down for just 15, 20 years and just have a seat and just enjoy. No, we're in a war. And this body needs full expression on this earth. Why? So we can continue to reach what God has called us to reach. This city needs a church that is fully functioning. Not one arm doing jobs. And maybe one leg. (laughs) Meanwhile, we got half the body. This is what we're doing. The other half is just kind of, I just don't feel like doing anything. Meanwhile, this body is straining itself trying to do all these things. It doesn't work that way. The whole body... Say it with me, whole body is called together in this. So, what's the purpose behind it? That we become God's address corporately that He can fully function and operate in. Okay? Now that's just a the tidbit. There is so much more depth to get into that, but that's not for today. Now, as we already said, the body, as individual members and as a whole, have a call to proclaim the gospel to this earth and to demonstrate Jesus' victory over death. That's our high assignment. Does well, well, hospitality, can that actually do it? You better believe it can. When somebody walks in and there's actually a greeter who's actually happy to be there, yeah. hey, good morning. Like they actually own their greeting spot and go, man, it's so good to see you rather than, oh yeah, yeah. go up there, there's you know, probably a donut back there. We'll figure it out. Do you know where the restrooms are? I don't know, there's an outhouse in the back. Just figure it out, just use a bush, I don't care. When that person comes in, oh, you think they're coming back? No. No. So it all works together. Now, (laughs) Jesus gave his body the secret sauce, if I could say, in how to fulfill it. Anybody ever watch Space Jam number one with Michael Jordan? Okay, and remember like their halftime, like, you know, the Looney Tunes is getting their butts actually kicked by the Monstars. Come on, y'all. Any 90s kids around here? Okay, yeah. Any, uh, you know, parents that had to watch that while their kids watched it. Uh. So the Monstars are winning big time, right? And so what happens, you know, they walk, on a walk in and they're all depleted. And so what does Bugs do? He actually just kind of puts a piece of tape on top of the water bottle that says Michael's secret stuff. And all of a sudden, all the Looney Tunes, they, and they all of a sudden, they're massive and jacked. And they go out there and they absolutely whoop the enemy. Well, here... Is the church's secret sauce to fulfilling the Great Commission, to having intimacy, to seeing the Spirit of God move, not only in our services, but everywhere that you go? What's the secret stuff? What is it? Do you know, church? <laughs> it's, it's always, yes, it's always Jesus, absolutely. But what is, what is this? <laughs> Rita, so I love it. What is the secret stuff? It starts with an A. abide Abide. Abide. some of you are like just say it I like to keep the suspense and to hear all these answers Jesus church church yeah those are all good but the secret sauce the label on top of that water bottle that you and I all need to drink is abide Abide. Abide. this is the secret sauce is abiding okay abiding, and now what particularly, if you look at this, Acts 20, verse 32, we're going to get to John 15 in a sec here again. But he talks about abide, if my words live in you. What words is he talking about? Well, the whole Bible? Yes, of course. But particularly, what's he talking about? The word of his grace. This is where I live. And again, this is the apostle Paul talking to his leaders in Ephesus before he's going to be shipped off. They'll never see him again. And he says, now I entrust you, talking to the leaders, I'm entrusting you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become... Come on, church, you see you're just taking that water bottle. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. Come on, Monstars, let's go. All right. Abiding is the only way to live a fruitful life. Abiding gives you an inside view into the plan of God. Abiding is the link to the supernatural. It's in abiding that I receive direction. I receive correction, guidance, and wisdom. Also, abiding matures me and it equips me for God assignments. How is God going to give you an assignment without you actually going to him and being with him and allowing him to show you how to do it? Look at this 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture. Shout it out, all. All All scripture. What is all scripture? What is the scripture used for? It's used to teach you what is true and to make you realize what is wrong in your life. That's what it's for. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it's not like, you're so bad. No, what's going, hey, you need to think of this a little bit differently. And it teaches us to do what is right. So if I have no time in the word of God, I, it's hard for me to understand what is true. And we got a world that has no idea what is true. And the more the way that the church gets further and further away from the Bible, which sadly some are, what's true? Ah, what's your truth? There's no such thing, Right? It corrects us. So verse 17, thank you. Now look at this. God uses his word to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. So what I find in the word of God, not only is it just changing the way that I'm thinking, I'm finding in myself, I can do this. I see who I am in Christ Jesus. Yeah, what God's called me to do, I will absolutely do it. Well, how do you do that? It's because he's prepared me how does he do that through abiding in the word and lastly abiding moves you from an informed believer to a transformational believer because again the word of god is not a tr- is the word of god is a transformational book not an entertainment book it's what you and i have that actually changes when the reader who lives in it looks at it takes time in it it actually changes you it's the only one we have Correct? Okay, now, so let's look again to the believer's secret life to victory, the message of his grace, and we are abiding abiding in it. Look at what Jesus laid out again in John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So my access to the Father and the Father's access to me is through who? The vine, Jesus, the true vine. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And again, the Greek actually brings out not takes away like you're useless to me, but it actually means to lift up. What Jesus, what the Father does when there's no fruit being produced, he wants to lift you up and he's going to connect you in a place to an individual, into a church family, so that you start producing fruit. Now, the emphasis I want you to see is what the father thinks. He is not interested and not okay with a branch not bearing fruit. It makes no sense from now a kingdom perspective for the children of God to not produce fruit. Why? Because you have been given everything you'll ever need to be able to be producing fruit. Spiritual constipation may be there, but that's not on God. That's on him. Get that image out of your head and now just start getting back to the Bible. Okay. Now you are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings that I have discussed with you. So, what is the pruning device? How does God prune and cut so that we produce more fruit or so that people actually start bearing fruit? What does He use? The word. Y'all, this is, this is so simple. Religion tries to mess it, make something out of this. You gotta do this and you have to add this and you gotta pray this long and you gotta read this long. No, no, no. Just simply abide. Let this word live inside of you. Verse four, he says, I remain. Again, that word remain means to abide or to stay. And that word stay, literally, it's a verb. So you have to actively sit. Sounds funny, but man, it's hard to do. Phones dinging, kid wants a, you know, snack, somebody's calling, you have to on your phone, slide it down, do not disturb, put it away and get with the Lord and just stay. Say with me, stay. Good Christian. Stay. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith, unless you remain in me. Okay? So, again, we're talking about the secret sauce. We're all at the halftime. And Bugs Bunny's passing out these water bottles. And this is the secret sauce. Okay? Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branch. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, what can we do? Has that become a revelation to us? We have to get that. Without him, I can do no thing. Say that. Without him, I can do no thing. So we're so quick to be confessing, in Christ, I can do all things. Absolutely. But at the same time, this is just as much as an in-me reality. There's in-him realities that are golden. You preach those, you talk about those, you say those to yourself. Whenever the devil tries to pop his head up, you proclaim, this is who I am in Christ Jesus. Absolutely true. But guess what's real in me? Apart from him, I can do nothing. The church can do nothing. I can't. I can't shake a hand properly apart from him. We have to get that into our thinking. Apart from him, so every time when I'm with him, Lord, I'm doing this, I thank you that you've anointed me, called me, graced me, I'm doing this with you. Thank you for living inside of me. Now this next hand that I'm shaking, Lord, let it bless somebody. And all of a sudden your handshakes turning supernatural. Why? It's because you're not just doing it out of your, oh, this is what I do, I gotta help do this once in a while. No, I'm doing it from this place of I'm called, I'm graced, I'm anointed, get over here, nice to see ya. And you shake their hand and they go, man, that was, woo! That can happen. Jesus would just simply touch him. What would take place? Not only Jesus would touch people would touch him and something would change in their body. Is that limited just to a few folk? It's for the whole body. But we have to be taken in the secret sauce. Abiding. We got to stay with. Verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch withers and dies, and they gather such branches and throw them in the fire, they're burned. These things become useless. Verse seven, but if you remain in me, and notice what he said, and my words, say with me, my words, the word remains in you. That is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, other translations say it actually takes hold of you. That's what we're looking for is the word now takes hold of you and that you wake up and you're thinking the word. While you're down the street and somebody cuts you off, you're thinking the word. You're thinking the word. You're thinking the word. You're thinking the word. The word has actually taken hold of you that when the world squeeze you, what comes out? The word. The word. The word. word. We squeak all these toys. We expect a little squeak, squeak, squeak sound. But when the church starts, the world starts squeezing the world like we saw a couple years ago and we'll probably see again here soon. What's going to happen? What's going to come out of us? It better be. (laughs) It has to be. Because apart from the word, I can do no thing. And then I'm just like everybody else. So he's calling us not because you better, it's a Christian, you better do this. No, he's saying, come on, there's monsters that you're going to be facing. You have to get this word living on the inside of you because they will eat your lunch and then they'll pop the bag and there's no apology from Satan. He is looking to whom he may devour. That's what he does. He prowls like a lion looking for someone to devour. Are you devourable? No. Not this church, no. but what's the secret sauce? You can't just say, I'll never be devoured, I'll never be devoured, I'll never be devoured. And you aren't even close to what that word has to say. You become a devourable one. So what am I doing? I'm getting as close as I possibly can to this, and I'm not leaving. Why? Because I don't want to be devoured. You cannot do it on your own strength. Okay. Now if you, go back guys, thank you, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish. (laughs) Man, you ask because the word has taken hold of your heart. Your and the father's desires are one. And when you start proclaiming and asking for this, it's done. Did Jesus ever live in the place of I need, I need, I need, I need, I need? No, him and the father were one. He said, I only hear what I hear. I only say what I hear my father say. I do what I see my father do. That's what we're getting to church Family. That's what we're getting to. And we're getting closer and closer with him so that we are in sync. He steps, we are right behind him. It's not like, hey, God's walking, Jesus is walking, and body, and we're limping along. He, come on, body, let's go. And the body is, he takes a step, we're right there behind him. And he, whoa, hey, 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 good, good to see you. We're right there with him until we finally get taken out. Verse 8, my father is glorified and honored by this, when you bear fruit. Does he get glory and honor when you go through hard times? No. No. He gets glory and honor when you overcome and the fruit of who you are in him comes out, absolutely. But God is not sending hard times across your path. (laughs) That's the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, destroy. COVID was steal, kill, destroy. Now you know where it came from. God's using it to judge the world. No, he's not. That's not who the father is. Now, why is Jesus stressing the importance of staying close? Because again, you will always reflect the nature of the world that you are most aware of. And he wants you and I to be aware of what he's doing. People, sadly, in the church is more aware of what the government is about to do. We are more conscious of what they're doing and we live in this angry position that, ah, I can't believe they're doing. They're going to. Have you read Psalms 2? Is that the, the, the evil plot against themselves or with themselves. They gather each other and they talk about how they can wage war against the anointed one and his Christ. That's what they're doing. So when you get mad at that, what a waste of time because the Bible already said that. God already knows. So what does God do in the heavens? Oh, I just, I can't believe that they're meeting together. Ra And it is wrong. It is demonic. It is crazy. Absolutely. But he sits in the heavens and he laughs. And you, a mere human. I would follow the leader, start living in my place of abiding and laugh with him. And of course, and in that abiding, the Lord will say, Hey, I want you to move this way. And then we move in response to what He says, not in response to what darkness is doing. And the church is so interested in responding simply to darkness. That's not your call. Are you called to respond to darkness? I don't take orders from the devil, I never will. So what do we do? I have to stay close, keep drinking this secret juice, and what's going to happen? I'm going to hear what he wants me to do. Because God is always on top of things. He's not going, oh man, this is crazy what's going on. Whew. What do you all think we should do? Oh, maybe sign a petition? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's do, try, try that. Let's see if that works. That's not who he is. How do you quench Darkness light thank you for that little rant okay now again as we said why is Jesus stressing the importance of staying close there's also effects to abiding I want to be infected and affected by my abiding okay some people are affected and infected by their Instagram scrolling I want to be affected by him So what is one of the effects? It's that abiding affects the way that I see. Abiding affects the way that I see. Say that with me, abiding affects the way I see. How come that we have churches in so many different perspectives when it comes to anything that's going on out here? Why is it so vast and going from far on this ditch, far on that ditch? Why is it so extreme? Depends on where they're abiding. For you and I, we got to stick with what the word says because the word sticking in and abiding in it will cause you and I to change the way we see. Now look at this again, 2 Corinthians 4. Just a heads up again. But as believers, we are in training. Say it, I'm in training. I'm in training. What am I in training for? To rule and reign with him in the new millennial? Absolutely. But right now, while I'm on this earth, I have the opportunity to be trained to start seeing the unseen world. That's where the church needs to live strongly, is that we live not by what we see, but we are living by what is unseen. So, yo, are you aware that there are two realities happening at this exact moment? There is a spiritual world, and it is real If God were to say, hey, I'm gonna open up all of your spiritual eyes only, you would see angels all around this building. Some of them just standing up on top, looking down in on us. They're listening to what's taking place in here. Maybe somebody took a demon with them, we'll get rid of him. There is a spiritual world and it's alive and it's happening right now among us. Just as much as, hey, here we are in this natural, and here you are, I, I, I can see you. So this is true, this is what's going on. But what is the more dominant is the unseen, is more real than the seen. And this is what the the call for training is, is that we look not at the things which are seen, but at that which is unseen. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporal, and they're going to be changing very quickly. In about an hour, y'all are going to be gone. Right? So it's going to change. This room, full, but later on it's going to be empty. Right? But the things which are Invisible, meaning can't be seen with these natural eyes. What's the invisible world? It is everlasting and imperishable. It does not change. So my faith is not supposed to be in what is seen. Why? Because it changes. My faith and my hope is supposed to be in what is unseen because it does not change. God has never changed. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever, correct? Okay, now, Jesus, again, is the visible guide for the invisible. Jesus, why he came to this earth, was to reveal to you and I the invisible reality of a loving father that the Jews had no idea about. They understood a judge. They knew a God that if you did wrong, whoosh, Come in your way. They had ideas of the law, but they didn't grasp and couldn't understand what God had did in Genesis chapter one, chapter two. The motive, the heartbeat behind everything, it was lost in translation all those years. So the father again, his heart was, I got to get myself in a body to reveal to this world who I really am. So what did Jesus do? He laid aside deity. Right, He took this off and he clothed himself with humanity. And John 1.18, I don't have this on the screen, but it says this, that no one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse, the one of a kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the father has made him plain as day. So Jesus is our visible guide to the invisible world. This is why we have to abide, is that when we stay close to him, I can start getting insight into what the invisible world is like. And when I see it, I can't unsee it, but now I simply mirror it in this earth. And that, again, church, this is our call, is not just to respond to darkness it's to simply see what, what the Father is like, to see what the, hev- the kingdom of heaven is all about, and then to reveal and demonstrate it on this earth. And people go, whoa. It's not hard, you're simply mirroring what you see. So your job is not trying to muster up, I try to work this, out. I'm gonna, I am gotta try do churchy things, I gotta try and do Holy Ghost things, and wah! And we get weird, because we're away from the Bible, and we just try doing all these spooky pooky things. Bah, 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 bah. Get up here, get up here. Wham, 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 wham. And I'm all for those. I love that as he leads you. Because if I just do that, nothing happens. But when I get his vision, when I see what he wants to do, now I can start flowing in it. And that's why abiding is crucial for you. It's the secret sauce because it changes the way you see. So if you're content with just seeing the way you see things, I encourage you to stay away from the Bible. It'll wreck the way you see things. Because listen, the Bible will waken you up. There is a whole woke agenda that's going on. They're woke to a whole demonic activity mindset. It's ludicrous. But you can get woke on the Word of God and you go, Oh, thank you, God, I see it. Anybody thankful that you see things? No, church, I don't think you understand. Are you thankful that you see things? Yeah. Guess who gave you the ability and the grace to see that? He did. That's not you and my smarts and I just know better than the government. No, I know him. And he reveals to me what I need to see. Now, how do I see the unseen? As we said, Jesus is our visible guide. But now how do I start living In this unseen world. How do I start putting myself in a position to see the unseen? Colossians chapter 3. I have to engage my thoughts with throne room realities. So part of this training is not going to be at the. What do you say? It's not going to not include my mind. My mind is engaged in this. God gave you a mind. It's yours to use. And I'm going to show you this, but I want you to see Colossians 3. He says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. How many of you have that? You may ask, well, how do do I get that? You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've heard, I'm home now. You've heard those words. You've been raised up to new life with him. Now he's telling you, again, he's just adding on, this is, this is, Jesus expanding a little bit more in detail what John 15 says. So now he says, remain in me, my words remain in you. Now the Spirit of God is saying through the Apostle Paul, now he's saying, church, set your sights on the realities of heaven. See a bunch of clouds and right now it's a black ceiling. What, what, What am I supposed to do? Where Christ sits? Oh... I can't see that. So we're going to have to practice seeing what's not seen. (laughs) Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now look at verse 2. He says, think. (laughs) I know this is a really big word. Think. Anybody ever use that word with their children? Think. Think this through. Or what were you thinking? Somewhere along those lines. What is wrong with you? Is your brain off? Okay. Well, I think the father would be asking the same questions is think. So if you're a loving father, this is what he would be doing now to us. I love y'all. But think. (laughs) Think what? About the things of heaven. Not (laughs) I don't know how to make it more simpler than this. Not the things of the earth. Why? Because the earth changes. Governments change. People change. Money changes. Jobs change. But the word of God, the things of heaven, never changes. Verse 3. So he goes on to say, because why am I supposed to think on the things about heaven? Because you died to this life. See, some people, the church is fine with, hey, I'm not going to hell. Thank God for that. But are you okay that you can actually die to this earth? You died to this, this life. You're dead to it. And your real life. Some people aren't even living in their real life. Why? Because it's hidden. It's hidden. Why I just can't see it. And that's where the problem in the church is, is because your real life, which is your real life, which is found in Jesus, it's hidden. You've got to spend time thinking about it so that you can actually capture his thoughts. That's where maybe some of you are having the struggle, is you haven't caught the thought of God. You haven't seen what he sees yet. And the result is you still live in this fake life. This is just what it is. Listen, when we get to heaven, it's going to drastically change. Not just this nine to five, Monday through Friday, get up, I do my thing. and That's very momentary. So he's telling you and I, we got to think higher because of the call that you've received. You are his address now. So it's not just about getting your bills paid and, you know, making sure the kids got food and all that is good. And it's our responsibility. We are stewards of it on this earth. Absolutely. But your higher call is to rule and reign and to be a kingdom expression on this earth wherever I go. So I've got to see a higher reality. When people are freaking out, am I going to lose my job? I'm not going to do what I'm going to do. How come you're so cool? Because my God says, my dad said, that he would supply all of my needs. I'm not freaking out. I refuse to worry about it, because my dad's got me. Well, how can you think, that? how can you say that? Look what's going on out here. Because my faith or my trust is not in what is seen. I've seen something in the unseen world, and that's real to me. Okay, now, here's a key word for us as we're gonna, how do I see the unseen? We have to use our imagination. Can we all say that? Imagination. People are going to go, that's just a worldly term. No, it's God-given. And the word imagination in the Hebrew is the word yeser. Yeser. And yeser, guess what this means? Yeser in Hebrew means conception. So naturally speaking, you have to conceive, ladies, ladies, women, conceive in order to give birth to a baby. Well, just as much in the spirit, we also need to conceive in order to give birth to the promises of God. Remember, if we, what we see in, the, in that husband and wife, Jamie, she's given birth to four children. Well, she's conceived four children. We know that. That's how this works. So, But this is just simply a mirror of what the spiritual world is like. So to think, even from a natural perspective, from a, from a lady's perspective, I'm going to give birth. I'm going to have a baby. Just give me nine months and I'll do it. I say, what? How? That's why Mary was like, Ah, uh, say what? No, how are you going to do this? She conceived the word, but now for you and I, from a spiritual perspective, I'm just believing God for a miracle. Great, wonderful. What 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 have you planted? What seed have you sown? Uh, I've just been praying. That's not. That doesn't work. There's times where God will have to miraculously come out and actually do something to get things back on plain level. But God's best is not miracle to miracle to miracle to miracle to miracle. God's best is seed, time, harvest. That's how he created you to function. So if we just keep going, well, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. You become, let me just say this. This is now me saying you become very shallow in your kingdom work. Because your life is basically constantly going, I need, I need God, can you fix God, can you fix God? And he's a loving father. He will do the best as he can. But ultimately, he wants to keep pointing you back to this A word, abide. Because I want the word to take place in you. Why? So that you could conceive my promise. So that you can take in what I've said. So that you can give birth to what my word wants to do. This is how it works. We still doing okay? Anything I need to go over? Anybody take biology? So we're understanding of how that works. Just making sure. All right. Now, as I said, too much of the time we're looking for an external feeling to see if God has done something. We're looking for the miraculous touch from heaven, and God is able to do that. And there's times that he will, but it's not his primary way. Remember, God works from the inside out. Not outside, in. So, so much of the time we're looking for an external feeling. We're looking for something externally to change. And we hope that changes us on the inside. There's proof that doesn't work. You can look at the Old Testament over and over again. The Hebrew children, what did they see? They saw the ten plagues. They saw God do. And yet in the desert they continued to whine and complain, you don't actually care about us. So what happens on the outside doesn't necessarily change a person on the inside. Same with people that are lost. Well, if we would just show them miracles, not necessarily. We need the seed of God's word going out. And that's why the church has been sent out to go and proclaim the gospel. Yes. Preach the good news. Why? Because words are spiritual containers. You even just saying, God loves you. What have you just done? And sometimes it falls to the ground. Other times you may be the fifth or sixth person that said it today. And all of a sudden that word comes and Oh What? What? What is this? So you have no idea the power of what one word may do in somebody's life. So don't kind of feel, I don't think what they think of me. Who cares? You're sowing seed. Now, again, you and I have to conceive the promises of God on the inside before it's seen on the outside. And my imagination is vital to me receiving from God and all that he has in store for me because it's not just up to God. And what he has prepared for me, I play a part. And that's if you remain in me. I have to see it with my imaginations. I have to capture with my thoughts what God wants. Uh, I'm going to finish up real quickly here. But a wow reality that I, I wrote down, wow reality for Joel. But even though God is an unlimited God, yet he can still be limited because I haven't conceived in my imagination what he has promised me. Listen, we have an unlimited God, correct? But I can limit him because of my imagination going contrary to what he said. So abiding is crucial for this to take place, this new sight to take place. We still doing okay? Now, one more. I, I got about five minutes left. So you can, thanks, Eric. You can just sit cool there for a minute. Uh, but in as believers... I think it is crucial, no, I don't think. It's, it is, it's crucial that we start being farmers. Yep. I'm a farmer. farmer. Say, I am a farmer. I am a spiritual farmer. That's what I am. Now, we have right here 66 books of seed. 66 bags of seed. And the seed, when I just, if I leave it in the barn... Is going to do no good. So what does a farmer do? He's going to take the seed. Again Luke 8 chapter verse 11. Says that the word of God is seed. I'm going to take the seed out of the barn. And I'm going to. What do you do with seed? I'm going to plant it. Plant it. Say it with me. plant Plant it. You have to take a scripture. And you got to plant it into your heart. And then the next thing you got to do is water. And I'm going to read this quote to you from uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. He said, it's not necessarily the planting part that believers miss. It's in the watering it where believers miss it. What's the watering of the word? It's I planted that seed. Now what do I do? I have to hear it again. And again. Come on, church, and again. See the word read? You are, there's two words that got attached to it. The prefix re-add. When you read, you are re-adding water to that source of what you heard. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Come on, and when you think you've heard it, you hear it again, and you hear it again, what's taking place? What's happening in that process of, I've planted the word? You can't just leave that. You have to water it, water it, water it, water it, water it. August 1st, water it, August 2nd, water it. 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, water, 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 water. Come on, I want to get this into your head. Water, 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 water. And what's taking place? because you're abiding in that word, it is starting to change the way you see you. So if you have a need in your life, physical, I have pain in my body. What do I do? I have to sow, I gotta get some seed. This is what, the 66 bags of seed, I'm gonna plant it into my heart, and what am I gonna do? I'm gonna water this thing continually. And what's the purpose of it? For you to start seeing yourself, in your imagination, whole and well. So I just, well I'm, I'm healed, and just we kind of throw it out there just as a confession somewhere out there, hoping that one of them sticks. I have to see it before I see it so our imagination is crucial do you see yourself doing what's in your heart to do? do you see it? I know for I know a goal of mine I want to give a large sum of money to a to minister, I want to give it to the kingdom of God. So what do I have to do? Well, I got to just work 100 hours a week. No, I'm going to start capturing that thought because that, that thought doesn't come from me. That came from this. So I need to start seeing myself with a million dollar check in my hand going, here. I have to see that before I can see it. This is how it works in the spirit. I got um, one more verse for us to read in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. The Apostle Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it. But who caused it to grow? God. God causes it to grow. God causes it to grow. So my job is only with the seed. God's job is with the growth. My job is not trying to make the seed grow. My job is not to check, hey, come on, seed, are you doing something? Come on, grow, do something. My job is to continue to plant and just to water that seed continually. And God's job is to grow it. And you know what, while we were singing, just this thought came to me, just as a reminder that I can't force what I've conceived onto somebody else. There's times, I mean, with our children, we got four young children. They are under our care physically, but also spiritually, they're under our care. There'll come a time when they're of age now when their relationship with the God is crucial. They have their own abiding with him. We're training them that way. You gotta abide, it's crucial, boys. That's, that's what we do, abide, abide, abide. That's where you stay. But right now, they're under our spiritual care, meaning they can take what we, Jamie and I, have seen for themselves there's a season for that but as they grow older as God has now that's their responsibility I can't force by what I've conceived in the spirit I can't force that on somebody else that's not how this works because again God is personal he wants an intimate relationship with everyone again there's times where it can happen thank God for working of miracles that all t- those are good, but what is the purpose of all that? Is to get everybody back onto a operating platform. Okay, now I can grow from here. And the purpose is not for you to go. I just I, I just need that healer worker. That you know that goes guys. I just pray and lay hands on people and they just fall out. I just need those people. No, you need to abide. Yeah, abide. Come on, church, shout it out. Abide. abide. What's the secret sauce for the church? Abide. 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 That's where we live. And it will change the way we see. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your love. And Lord, we ask you, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that you would give unto us, your church, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. That the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our imagination would be flooded with light. We thank you for that, sir. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Y'all thank you. Pastor Julian.